You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's time for episode 162 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. My name's Kyle. My name's Corey. My name's Carlos. My name is Carlos. Are you yeah, sure? <laughs> I am, sir. <laughs> All right, correct. let's, uh, we're going we're gonna to start over. I want to I get a little more positivity like last week. You thought I was going into a bit with the, the radio there, but let, let's do it like that. I want I want to pump this episode uh this episode up, man. Let's get the gravitas wells all primed here. All right, so top of tumbling saber hour feels great to be here. We got some terrific Star Wars talk coming your way with a fantastic bunch of guys. Kyle, how was your weekend? Uh, um, it, great, it was... great, great, Carlos, Carlos. Uh, how was yours, buddy? Hey, hey, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, everybody, my weekend was uh, absolutely no, no. All right, yeah, that's it. It's out of my system. Let's this is do what this. sobriety does to Corey. No, I'm all, uh, that's true. I only start drinking once we, we do the show. So uh, it's on now. Oh boy. Well, three. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Are, are we, are we really doing Are we going to start this podcast today or what? <laughs> Can we start over? <laughs> no, I don't want to. No. <laughs> Good oh. Lord. All right, so guys. We're 300 and how many days away, Kyle? We are about, uh, I, th- I think, 312-ish days to go until Ooh. episode nine. Title still to be revealed. My That's goodness. Fantastic. I can't wait. 312 days. It's going to be fantabulous. <laughs> AMFM radio voice, Corey, what do you think? Uh, well, Carlos, let me tell you, that's a, that's a long ways away, but uh, I am uh, quite excited as well. Don't forget your booties because it's cold out there today. <laughs> I immediately re- regret this decision. Okay. Anyway, yeah, I had a good weekend, man. I don't know if you guys saw in the Facebook group there, but I, I did a uh, like a literal full scale rendition of Echo Base. Built it with my oh, own wow. two hands. Full yeah. scale. Full scale. Jeez. Replica. Did you include props like, uh, you know, back to tanks? Everything. And- everything wow we have to come over and take a tour of this yeah man does the uh, does the uh wampa room have a wampa in it? everything everything well there you there you go say no more all right guys i'm disappointed that uh you know i got all excited last week about the uh, the possibility of an episode nine title but that disney earning call bore no fruit it gave us nothing Yep. Uh, I have to say I'm pretty disappointed in that, especially, I don't know, just everybody seems so cocksure. Even Anthony Daniels, I think well, he was just playing on it. He's like, I don't know anything, but like, I just want to get some likes here. Well, that was part of it for sure. It was, it was just something seemed to be in the air and then he came around and he said what he said. And it just, it just seemed like something was imminent. Right. And then I, we all got excited and we just day after day kept asking, Where, what's the title? Hey, look, we're we're excited, you know, and that's cool, because I keep hearing wherever I go, I hear that Star Wars is dead. Nobody cares. Not from what I saw last week. It seems like people care an, an awful lot about Star Wars and the Episode Nine 
title and the film itself and a teaser and celebration, which is really about two months away. So that's going to be where we get our teaser. But you know what, guys? I'm still saying we're going to get a title well before celebration. Well before. I hope so, man. Like now I'm jonesing for it. Like, like I set up these expectations and I was really curious last week. I have to say I kept checking the Internet like over and over. Yeah. You know, I, I kept, well, I'm always, I'm always connected. So I'm, I wouldn't miss anything by more than a few minutes, but yeah, I, I, I listened into that. It's not, it's not the first Disney earning call I listened into. Um, but yeah, I took in last week's, it's they're like listening to paint dry and you're really just waiting for, to hear those like trigger words to wake you up out of your slumber. Uh, but we kept hearing out how, how, what a phenomenal success the last Jedi was. And so they, either they really want us to know that or they're they're compensating, but I th- I thought it weird that they didn't once mention Infinity War, which was their biggest film of last year. Didn't come up once in the earning call. It's not a Star Wars earning call. It's Disney. I thought that was very very strange. But uh, the reason why I'm convinced that we're gonna get a title before uh, Celebration is if, if the longer they wait, the higher the chance that it will leak. And so by now licensees like they they they've got to be into production or pre-production with all the merch if they're not doing that now they they soon will be and right and then then you can walk like work things backwards so if i think force friday this year is october 4th and so stores will have the merch in their barn you know, a week or two before that and then it's all the merch will spend a month on on the ocean traveling from china to to the us so that takes us that'll, that'll take us into August. And then how long does it take to make this stuff? You know? It's got it's got to get to to the ports and all this stuff. So if you if you work it all backwards and reverse engineer the the manufacturing and, and logistics process, they've got to be starting on this stuff now. So somewhere a licensee is looking at production photos and it's going to have the the name of of the movie on the package. So Disney's going to tell us. Lucasfilm will tell us lest it leak well and well before they want it to. Yes. That would be bad. That would be really bad. Just, just because like of the amount of security, it seems they've put into this thus far, like all the secrecy, even like Mark Hamill, like people just going off on like how incredibly tight everything is on this set. And which seems to be the case. So except for recently leaked photos as being the biggest thing we've seen yet. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And our our powerful Jedi patrons got uh, a little mini pod of that this past Sunday, which I, I was fun. I was just happy to scratch that itch in that way. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you know if if Lucasfilm is of the mind that they're going to hang on to the title from Celebration. I wonder if that uh, that thunder would be stolen from them because a licensee could easily slip. Someone could snap a photo and easily throw that up on on Reddit. Or just post it straight to Twitter, and it's game over. And you you don't want to lose that because there's when when they, if in a perfect world if they launch the title right, Lucasfilm launches the title. The the media pop they get from that will will send everything up to ten. It'll it'll spike the meter at ten, right? Everybody will cover it. Everybody will talk about it for X amount of time. And then things will calm down. And then they'll do the teaser again at Celebration. And the, the the needle will spike again to 10. So there's no... To me, there's no sense in holding 
onto all the cards until celebration. Like you can get two pops in the media with the title and the teaser. So I'm I'm convinced they're going to do it. It's just a matter of when. And people still still sticking to JJ announcing it once they're done with principal photography. And that should be we're mid February now, so you know that's got to be in the next week or two. So that that's I'm hanging on to that hope. Otherwise, we will have to strap in for the long haul. Yeah, it's looking more and more like celebration. You think? You you want to put something down on that? Should we make <sighs> another bet? Well, <laughs> can can we cash it on the first bet first? <laughs> What bet? <laughs> no, I'm sticking with it. I'm going down with that ship. We're get we're getting JJ will tell us before before the end of this month. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. Uh guys, we got another review. Uh oh. <laughs> no, this one comes from our good friend Rick, who left us a a, a nice, a lovely review. So I'll I'll read what Rick wrote about us. He gave us five glowing stars. This is my Monday morning chatter. Kyle, Corey, Carlos, and Michelle keep me company on the road and, and at work, and I can't think of a better way to start my week. Consistently stellar work. May the force be with you. And that that right. and he said the headline is the gravitas is strong with this pod. This one warms my Excellent. heart. Rick, thanks, man. Like Monday mornings suck. For everybody, anybody who does like a, a Monday through Friday, nine to five type gig, Monday morning is awful. And it makes me really happy to know that for some of us, for our patrons, we can provide them with that early release podcast and, and hopefully put their week off onto the right start. So, Rick, thank you for that, man. Yeah, indeed. Especially That's like I said, on a Monday too, it's like, yeah. Could be things could be pretty heavy. You can be like, oh, piss off you three. <laughs> of all the people in the world you could choose to put in your ear, and you choose us. That that means a lot to me. Yeah, indeed. So thank you, Rick. And everybody else who have if you haven't left us an iTunes re- iTunes review yet, please do that. Be that be our hero. Uh let's jump into our collecting update. Carlos, did you do anything this week on the Lego front? Uh, no, I did nothing. Uh, no Lego, no, uh, no Funko, no black series. Um, no, I collected, uh, wine. I, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. All right. Fair enough. Hey, 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 hey. Carlos, fair enough. what you do is fine with me. It's fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Corey, what happened to your uh, collection this week? Well, let me kind of loophole this whole thing for you. I, I got a, I got a good one here. So I went to go look at some stuff this today, actually. And uh, all the archive figures were gone because, well, first of all, I bought them all from the store, but there were still some left over. But the only two remaining are X-Wing Luke's. What a surprise. I wonder if, Anyhow, they've, I wonder if they've put extra of those out just to satisfy that demand from people who want an X-Wing Luke. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, there can only be one, but uh, anyhow, my son's birthday is coming up. So in the words of the prestigious Knight of the Commonwealth, Mr. Rick Villanueva, and in Carlos's sentiments, in other words, kind of uh, whatever I get him and he has, I own, right? So, so far, he's gotten a lot of cool stuff. But Star Wars related, I actually see saw um, the Falcon from 
solo. It was like, it's pretty small compared to the other ones. And it was like, I think it was like 69 bucks, something like that. And yeah, it was marked down to like 40. So I was like, okay. And he's been talking about it. I also got him Anakin Starfighter the Lego. That was pretty sweet. It's like 24 bucks. It's a, it's a pretty sweet score. And then a few more um, resistance figures as well. And I'm Toradoza and the, the Red Byron there. The Eric Red Von Baron. Reg. Yeah. Von Reg or whatever his name is. <laughs> the you know Red what I'm talking Baron. about. That's, that's you know, you know they're coming is. out. You know they're coming out with a with, with uh, Von Reg's Tie Fighter. You know that, right? A, a red Tie Fighter. That's sweet. Yeah, April baby. You know what Sorry, I saw, Car- Carlos? I didn't pick this up, but well, that's all I got so far. But uh, for him, so we should have some fun with that. And uh, I saw the the Lego Y wing, right? Mm. It's like I think it was like regularly seventy nine, something 75, like that. Seventy five, yeah. Anyhow, it was marked down to fifty two. Oh, so, you gotta get that. I'm thinking about it, man. But there was uh, how where is it? In Cornwall. At the uh <laughs> at the Wally at the Wally Mart? Yeah, Wally World. You man, spend, you gotta you get spend that. twenty five bucks in gas going out there to get it, Carlos, if you're thinking about it. Oh no, with my car I would never do it. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah, I got an old I got an old car, so that's not something that I would uh I, I would go to Cornwall, but not to save money on a, <laughs> a Lego set. No. It's not worth it. But uh, yeah, no, definitely, Corey, man, if you get a chance. That's, I'm thinking uh, about it. It's, I think it's like 700 pieces or 800 yeah, yeah, pieces, yeah. something like that. Oh, so. Crazy. No, no. I mean, if there's two, pick one up for me and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll uh, wire you the money. Cool, man. Cool. So I kind of want another that, Y-Wing. They are nice. I just want that Radis figure. You know what I'll do? Hey, you know what? Hey, I'll give you the Radis figure. Oh! <laughs> I'm touched. <laughs> do, do they have any Moncala, um like ships in Lego? I think they did make one. Uh, probably as far between two, 2005 and 2009, I think they made the, one of the Moncala ships, if I'm not mistaken. I could be talking out of my rear end. But I, uh, unless it was a mock, I did see something about it, but I, I, I don't quote me on that. Too late. It's, uh, you know what? Your voice is recorded for all time on a podcast. You said it. Hey, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. I said it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, Corey, I decided to break out of my slumber. Yes. Yeah, Tell, yeah. Give it to me. Well, nothing spectacular, but I, I did pick up the first wave of resistance figures. Oh, you got them all? I couldn't, Even the two I could, packs? No, not the two. I get, no, they had no two packs. I can't find those yet. Um, I got the, the two packs are like, uh, the, the, they're still like way deep in the, the shelves out here because I didn't want to splurge from either. It was Poe and BB 8 coming in. At like They're like 19 bucks a pop. Yeah. They're, and there's Jaeger and uh, Jaeger and Bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Those, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, especially since, you know, it's, it's 20 bucks, really, and all you're getting is an inch-tall droid. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. That's a tough They're one. They're cool, though. I mean, whatever. So, so you got um, you got Pyre and all that? Yep. Von Reg, Pyre, uh, Toradoza, Kaz, Stormtrooper, and who, is the, who am I missing? I am missing Sonara, of course. Yeah, there you go. They're really nice. Really, really nice figures. Uh, but more importantly, now that my slump is done, I'm happy about that. But I caught wind of the next thing that we're going to be smashed with. 
courtesy of Yak Face. This is this is going to kill me. There are larger scale figures coming from Hasbro. So there's no indication really on exactly how tall, but bigger than Black Series figures with a US price point around 80 bucks. They're going to be more detailed, more articulated than Black Series figures. So a new thing coming that is oh god. I, I can't wait to get a look at these, but I'm also very very afraid. What's your what's your knee jerk to that, Corey? Yeah, right away. My my mind started going right away there. At least like it tuned you out for a second. <laughs> but dreaming, uh, dreaming about what could be, right? Yeah, like, but again, got to keep it all in check. Like, you know, almost so much real estate can display this stuff. So, really, got to pick and choose at that point who you're gonna who you're gonna be purchasing. Like, you're not gonna be buying like the entire list of characters, most likely. Well, and that's it. Like, I there's no, we don't know what characters are coming. We don't know how many of them. It's it's completely in the dark. We just know that they're coming. But you know, th- this might fill a little niche for those like myself who look at hot toys and, and SH figure arts and all those really high end toys, and go, "Man, those are sweet." But yet you look at Black Series and go, ah, "I wish I could do a little better than Black Series." Right. So the, you know they'll they'll be in the like ninety nine to one hundred nine range for us. But it's it's going to really fill that void where it's 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 better than black series but not quite as taxing as as hot toys so either way you'll have to be very choosy about who you get like this will have to be like the coolest of the cool figures or just your favorite characters you know what i mean because you you could you if you're a black series collector you'll probably be able to do like three of the of those versus one of these these new new things coming whatever they're going to be called but anyway, I'm hoping that pricing comes down a little bit, just so that they puts it a little more in the realm of, of possibility for me. And other than that, it's okay, they won't be more. Uh, they won't be readily available to you anyway. Yeah, just probably me. not. Probably not. Actually, you know what? I got my resistance figures at my local Walmart. I heard, and the archives were there too. Isn't that a? They really stocked the shelves on these ones. I find they were in Vaudreuil. They were pretty much everywhere I went. Yeah, they seem the distribution on these seems to be fairly even if not a bit slow I've, I've seen a bunch of people saying they they haven't seen them yet but slowly but surely everybody's getting them and, I, and i'll say like if, if i've got them just sit tight you'll get them soon enough what's interesting too though is when you go to a store and then you go back like just makes you realize actually that there are other collectors in the area around you you know like sometimes you're like ah, i'm the only one then you come back like bah, they've been, the shelves have been pillaged yeah i don't have that problem Unless it's unless it's you doing the pillaging. <laughs> I did pillage that one once for some Marvel, a whole set of Marvel toys, legends. <laughs> Stuff just sits in my store. It's ridiculous. Uh, other than that, I'm just I'm keeping my eyes peeled for the the current line of the, uh, the vintage collection: Leia in in the Boosh disguise, Yak Face, the Scarif Trooper, and Klaatu. I haven't seen those on the pegs yet. All right, that's it. That is that is a collecting update done. Uh, we can step into the news for the week. First up is Taika Waititi talking about The Mandalorian, about the humor on the show, and uh, how his character will have something to do with Boba Fett in the show. Which I think is pretty interesting, Corey. What, what was your initial take on this? Well, I kind of... I'm going to point out, out to me in the article, man. Like, I read it a couple of times, but... I didn't necessarily see that it is going to be 
involving Boba Fett. Like, yes, he talked about Boba Fett and characters of that nature, but it could have been more play on words, you know, characters with helmets and bounty hunters and the like, like that genre, that breed of character, not necessarily Boba Fett in particular. Hmm. Because yeah, I... if it if if that is the case, like, what's in store for that character? You know, like, does he get the backseat again? <laughs> you know, like he's gonna have his own movie at one point. So uh, it's like, what do you do with that character in this? Does he steal the show? Do you bring him in for the season finale? And he steals the show. Like, I don't know. Like, is it just cool to see him in the background at one point? Like, what are you alluding to by doing that? Like, again, you're just shelving him, kind of, or is he stealing the spotlight? So I I don't get where he really I'm still skeptical with the whole thing. I know he, everyone loves that he survived the Sarlacc and blah blah blah, but I'm still not convinced. Not convinced. <laughs> You're not sold. No. <laughs> I like the character. Don't get me wrong. Like I always give the guy love. Everyone's always down on him. Like oh, he was in the movie for this long. But even Taka Watiti is like talking about that as well. Like it's just his small minimal screen time is kind of what even made him cooler. You know, like and. Like, again, the Clone Wars for me really built that character up. So I do have, like, a soft spot for him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, th- I think we all do. Carlos, what, what's your take on this initially? Uh, initially, I'm, I'm not... Uh, you know me, man. I'm not a huge fan of the of the Bobes. And uh, so I was like... Okay. That, that's at C Candido music on Twitter. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. But uh, no, there, it's not. A, it's not because the character the character himself is cool, and uh, even I mean, best part of the holiday special was the Boba cartoon, and so I, I that's think that's not really saying much, though. <laughs> no, okay, you're right, but um, j- just to say, like. Yeah, the character is cool, but what I don't like is the overhype. That that that's the thing that kind of turns me off uh, about the character is, oh man, yeah, Boba Fett is the, uh, you know, he's he's awesome. I don't know, man. It's just it's the not that just that it's capacitor that's, for a face. Come it's on, that stupid head nod. Like, hey, hey, Lando, <laughs> yeah. I see you, man. Like. <laughs> It's just, I don't know. He is cool, though. He is really cool. It's just that let him do something before you throw him flowers. Because he does nothing. The Clone Wars says otherwise. Mm. There's a lot going on there. He's leading. He's 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 like, I don't know, maybe 13, 14 this time. And he's like, he's got like this whole troop under him, like Bosk, Dengar. They're all working for him. Sure. But can I say something? Uh, <laughs> they put they put Boba Fett in the Clone Wars to justify the love that was already being thrown his way before that. Well, they put it, him there because he was in the movies, right? No, I understand. What I'm saying is, he, th- there's it, it, it felt kind of retconned in a way because uh, I remember growing up and uh, just people losing their poop over over Boba Fett, and it's like, really? Like he's he's a bumbling turd in. Uh, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> in Return of the Jedi, you know, and yeah, he's cool in Empire, but C three PO is cool in Empire. So I mean, that's not saying much. Everything's cool in Empire. Well, when it comes to Takawa Titi, let's say he does come back just for the sake of it. 
I hope there's some kind of comedic reference toward that whole thing, whatever happened to him there. You know what I mean? Like, no, I don't think I don't. But Boba Fett's not coming back. He's definitely not coming back. He's just he's going to be referenced in some way. I think that's 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 what the the article is about. Like, um, right? Am I wrong with that? Or I I, th- I kind of read into it in that there's like a lineage well. or like a link between the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, but uh, nothing, uh, f- maybe nothing first person. Or if well, it is, it's something like, uh, minimal. More like that genre, that breed of character, those those like Wild West, like, you know, gunslinging, helmet-wearing, cape-toting kind of guys. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, not... Uh, that's that, that doesn't speak to me. Give me a lightsaber. Give me, give me Broom Boy. I do like a like, lightsaber. What about you, Kyle? What what do you think? Did you read into the, art- the article that Boba Fett's coming back? Thanks for taking the ball out of my hand and <laughs> lateraling it. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm joking. Go ahead, Kyle. I want to know too. Well, I don't. I don't think he's Boba Fett. No, no, no. But did you? Did you? When you read this article, did you think that he was alluding to Boba being in this franchise, or is it more that type of character? No, I just there's a there's a quote somewhere that made me think that. He's he's connected to the character in some to the Boba Fett character in some way, and I you know again the son of a clone. Maybe maybe he's his biological uncle, or maybe Taika Waititi is playing Cobb Vanth, who the guy who's wearing Boba Fett's armor in the aftermath books. But I can't help you know both both Taika Waititi and Tamara Morrison, both New Zealand from New Zealand, both uh, Maori guys. I, I got to see that as some sort of cultural or familiar familial connection there. That's, that's the way I'm looking at it. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do or how they're going to do it obviously, but uh, Hey, what's star Wars, if not a, 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 a family story. So uh, I, I think somehow they'll be pretty well connected to one another, but he also made a, a reference to the humor that they're going to put in the in the Mandalorian or lack thereof, uh, and he said Star Wars is very different to Marvel style. They know that the tone of the first films really should be kind of adhered to. That's what the fans like, and you can't really disrespect it. I guess is a nicer way of saying you can't put too many jokes in. There's a bit, definitely my tone is in there, the dialogue and stuff like that. So the humor of Star Wars has been sort of a topic that's been going around, especially on Twitter this weekend. Uh, but this this predates that. But what what is your take on that, Corey? The humor in Star Wars and the Mandalorian. Like, do you is should this show be grim and gritty and void of humor, or do you want to see some of that corny Star Wars humor in it? Yeah, of course I do. I, think, I mean, it's Star Wars, right? Like, I know a lot of people say like, oh, it's got to branch out and like become something new and do something different. It's going to become like old. But no, like Star Wars has always had that humoristic like vibe throughout all the films like but like you said it it can't be uh, taken out of control like i'm sure like with a director like him like take ragnarok for example like that was pretty that was pulled off really well but it was quite a lot of humor which is there was nothing wrong with that but i don't know if that would work necessarily within the framework of a star wars film and he seems comfortable enough to know what he's doing and respecting that and walking that line you know Saying like yes, he had to, he did add some of his own flair 
to the to the script mostly in humoristic dialogue, which I thought was really interesting because that's what he's really that's what stood out, stood out to me in Thor. So I think we're going to see some funny stuff, but yeah, I mean, it's Star Wars is not a comedy. It's it's nice to have that comic relief, you know, to kind of clear the air a bit sometimes. But you know, it can't be every second line of dialogue being a joke, you know? No, of course not. Of course not. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, the the day Star Wars loses its weird sense of humor, like I, I hope that day never comes. It's it's part of it. It's a lot of eye roll humor. It's a lot of dad jokes. It's a lot of uh, I don't know what the right word is. There's, there's some bad jokes in there, but I still sometimes get a chuckle from them. Uh, I, I hope I hope Star Wars never gets so serious that they scrub it all out. Like it, it can't take itself that seriously. You can't look at me with a straight face and tell me this is Star Wars. <laughs> uh, no context. Look at my Twitter. You'll understand. <laughs> look at anybody's Twitter from this past weekend. What a, what a mess that was. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. Imagine one, one tweet creates that type of... Uh, te- I, uh, I can't even call it a tempest in a teapot because that was pretty widespread, but it all came from one place. Anyway, Mandalorian. I'm looking forward to it. I I, I know that what they're gonna do is going to fit fit that OT vibe. That's that that's got to be the thing that they do here, and it's it sounds like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to stick real close to that, which makes sense. I mean, these are all OT guys, John Favreau and the like. They're probably this is their Star Wars. This is the thing that they're creating, and it's it's they're gonna put their Star Wars experience into it, which which is OT. Makes sense to me, right? Uh, what do we got next here? Oh, that was really it for the news. There was a lot of Episode Nine spoiler stuff, which I didn't want to do on the main show. A lot of it broke late in the week anyway. Uh, for those powerful Jedi, you guys got a little dose of that again on uh, Sunday via the Patreon feed. Go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, otherwise, you know what? we I've got a question. I want, something I want to discuss with you guys. Does the First Order need a super weapon in Episode 9? That's something that's been on my mind for a while, but now I, I, I just want to put it out there and talk about it for a bit. And again, I'm not suggesting Starkiller Base 2.0 or Death Star 3.0, but something that they, the First Order can use that can threaten to wipe people and places off the map, like Thanos-style, <laughs> in the blink of an eye. Like I don't know what shape it would take, but can we take that type of regime seriously if they can't swing a, a very very hard-hitting hammer? Now, Carlos, I'll, I'll give you the ball first on this one. What do you think? Thanks. Do we need a, another type of weapon? No, we definitely don't. Uh, I think that uh, what this movie needs is a visceral connection to the battle and uh, how the... the tri- uh, the saga starts with the Gungans fighting droids in, in a hand-to-hand type of environment, but with two sides that no one really gives a rat's ass about. I, I, this way, you can actually put the, uh, the Rebellion and the First Order in a huge battle, hand-to-hand armies going at each other meeting on a field 
something like Braveheart, like Battle of Sterling type thing, where you actually feel that you fear for uh, the lives of your favorite characters. I th- I think that that emotional that this movie needs that type of emotion that you'll never get from a big sphere floating over the and just like blasting a laser. Uh, yeah, I know. I think I see where you're coming from because it's, I think for that to work, you have to. I think you have to get the feeling that if the good guys lose this battle, it's over. over. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's on the field. There's um, like it's all the chips t- pushed in. It's all in. So if you lose, it's that, all in. So yeah, from that standpoint, I yeah, I can I can get that. But it's the last it's the last film of the saga. It has there has to be more. And I'm not going to use the word, but there has to be more of like um, uh, an enjeu. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah there. Ha- you know that it's it's uh, you know America or bust. You know what I mean? That's that's your, your their only play. They only have one play left, and it would be awesome to see um, an army of uh, let's say fifty thousand soldiers against another army of ten thousand soldiers. But then when they meet in the middle, the stormtroopers turn and follow Finn and attack the rest of the First Order, and 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 kind of even up the odds. In the, in that sense, like it's funny how that uh, has gained so, like a lot of legs. A lot of people are banking on that for episode nine. Well, I think it's it, because what it does is it it gives that um, that like I was saying that emotional uh, <sighs> gravitas. I didn't want to say it. I have to <laughs> toss. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I think we it needs it. It needs it. Like the Phantom Menace, you had that like huge battle, but it's like no one gives a rat's ass about droids and who are Gungans and why should we care? No, I, Where, I see what you mean. So, and there was no super weapon and it was still a great scene. It was still a great battle. They, they still kind of had the Death Star thing though with like the battle station and like once Anakin kind of flew through it and blew it all up. Then the droid shut down. Like, oh, but I was just, just big a command. That was just space, like a command, know? just like a command ship more, more than anything. Like it wasn't really, no, but it was very similar. That was like the crux, the climax, you know, yeah, this the ball pu- in yeah. space. Yeah. It was like a donut, right? A donut in space almost. <laughs> yeah. With a bite out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but like it's that. still just one ship, right? Like it, it only had a limited reach to affect Naboo at that one point. Like, That's just okay. like a power source for the droids, as yeah. opposed to it's the remote an actual control. weapon. Yeah, pretty much. It's the remote control for the droids. That's it. It still fell in line with those, like I don't know, like that. That's those scenes of, you know, just coming up on space stations like that. No, no, you're right in a way. It's just it's not a super weapon, and uh, but they, there was that, you know, the Skywalker flying the ship that destroys the thing. And blah blah blah, you know, hashtag not my Star Wars. And <laughs> <laughs> you can't look at me with a straight face and tell me it's Star Wars. Um, no, but um, yeah. So I, I, I so to, anyways, to answer your question, no, no, the First Order does not need a super weapon. Um, I don't think Kylo is gonna be 
commissioning any uh, constructions of super weapon. I think it's going to be more of a visceral hand to hand thing uh, where the Knights of Ren might be involved. And um, that that's my hope, at least. I don't know. What do you think, Corey? Uh, yeah, I mean, first, like Carlos kind of alluded to, like, they have to really come on as super imposing and menacing. Like, you could do the same kind of amount of damage, basically, with a fleet of Star Destroyers and Dreadnoughts if you really wanted to destroy a planet. And I, I think Kylo is going to kind of, like, rain chaos through the galaxy. Like, he's going to be so confused that it's just going to be kind of, like, absolute madness. Like, there's going to be no rhyme or reason. So if that's the case, like, you definitely don't need another technological terror. Uh, but even at that, like, there's still, sh- to me, like, is it just as simple as, okay, first order bad, bad guys win, galaxy doomed? Is it really that, could it really be that simple? Like, yes, okay, the, the, the good guys lose this time, it's over, man. The galaxy is absolutely screwed. The darkness is just too widespread. But, like, to me, there has to be even more to it than that. Like, what's the MacGuffin? And, like, I think it's kind of boils down to like kyle uh kylo and and ray like something between them they're like super weapons unto themselves almost like if they don't figure out what's going on between them they can possibly maybe destroy the entire universe or galaxy or destroy the force or or something you know like the fractured force like they have to figure out a way to unify it or something you know like i don't know something along those lines would be a lot more intriguing to me but like Carlos said, they really have to, if that's the case and they're just going like, you know, everything's very dire and it's uh, the last battle. I mean, I kind of get that, but to me, it seems a little anticlimactic. Like, I think there's there's got to be something more to this, to this Skywalker saga, you know, like it can't just be this battle aspect. The, the behind the scenes is going to be the thing that's going to either destroy or unify the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, I like the idea of, of maybe Kylo is the super weapon. Or maybe like an old temple or, I mean, that's kind of been done already. But I don't know, just something where maybe ancient secrets, I don't know, I'm all about that kind of thing. Like, But something between these two, the, the dark and the light that, I don't know, I like the idea of a fractured force, you know? Yeah, oh, very interesting. That's, that is a very you idea, Corey. I'll say that. And I don't mean that. I don't mean no. I don't mean that in a mocking way. I, that that's that is totally your type of thing. See, I drifted away. Uh, so is he talking about a campfire? What happened? <laughs> I'm sure campfire gets involved at some point. Doom. Uh, I, I'll take the opposite tact here. Um, I think the first order does need a type of super weapon, but I'm I just want to be clear. I am not asking. I I will be very upset if we just see another Star Killer or another Death Star. You know, some, the same thing with a different coat of paint. I don't really want to see that. So I don't know what that super weapon would look like. That is for smarter people than me, more creative people than me to figure out. But this, the the driving force for that, for my, my take, is, is what Tarkin says in A New Hope about fear of the Death Star being the thing that brings people in line. And, like, what made the Empire so scary is their ability to strike and wipe out a whole planet at once and then move on and do it again. Like that would, that that's terrifying. Just, they could just flip a switch, press a button and you're gone. Like that type of thing is scary in a 
different way than a thousand Star Destroyers showing up in orbit and bombarding your planet. Like, that would certainly hurt too, but you you would lose cities and make planets uninhabitable, but I don't think you could destroy a planet and, and put the same type of fear that a type of that you know one big sledgehammer can can bring i i think that type of weapon it just it sort of heightens the stakes and raises the level of urgency but i do like what you said carlos about you know it it, it may not be necessary for nine simply because like the, the resistance consists of about a dozen people probably a bit more by the time episode nine rolls around but if they lose it's over so from that standpoint, desperation is is kind of the super weapon. But I yeah, I I, I don't know. If, if we're going to expand the story outward, I think it makes sense for the First Order to have some sort of nuclear deterrent type option that they could go to. Like, I guess if, if, if you think of being confronted by your enemy who vows to destroy you, right? And then he opens... He open, I'm going to destroy you! And he opens this box and a and hundred angry gerbils come running out at you. That's not so threatening. It's it's annoying. And you, you're going to get bit a bunch of times. You might get rabies or who knows. But if he opens a box and a grizzly bear comes charging out, that's much different. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what it's like for me. Like, it's one thing to deploy all those Star Destroyers, but it's uh, there's something about that that feels less hopeless. But then again, you run the risk of being repetitive. And so while I'm asking for for that big nuclear deterrent, I don't want them to do it in a repetitive way that we've seen a thousand times. So I don't know. Tough one to tough act to follow there. Any final thoughts on that one? Uh I kind of take what you're saying and I understand what you're saying as far as like you kind of need that little um, the fear aspect. But I, I think uh, when you have the odds so stacked against you, uh, the fear is is already ingrained in the fact that you know that it, it all it's all it's going to take is is one swoop. Uh, so if you're on that field and you know, there's no reserves, you know, there's nobody else coming to help you. You know that if you don't win this battle, it's all done. I think that's where you get that fear. So, but I, I mean, I do understand what you're saying and I think it helps maybe push the narrative a little further and I wouldn't mind it as much if big, if there was no star killer and they brought something back in this movie, let's just imagine there was no star killer. Like if TFA had no Star Killer, TFA had no Star Killer, then I'd accept it in this movie. But oh, because yeah. it because it was there, it, it's it's too much. Yeah, you do. You, you wouldn't want to go back there again. That that's, no. that is for sure. What if, what if they had like a bomb or something that you know that basically would destroy the entire galaxy? Like it would create this enormous black hole or something like that. Like it's kind of the same deal, no? JJ in a black hole generator? Hasn't he done that? <laughs> the singularity from uh, the Star Trek reboot? True. Maybe he'd slip that one in, hope nobody notices. That'd be pretty funny. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't, I don't know what that. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the what that weapon would would look like. No idea. I I always thought maybe Star Wars should look at like biological warfare, but that seems mm. uh, that almost feel that almost seems EU to me, and not necessarily something you would do theatrically. Like they, could be, they could do it like quick, quick, and like just as a a representation, like Carlos was saying of how bad. If you want to really establish how bad and chaotic the first orders become, you can kind of like you know just do clips of the devastation throughout the galaxy. Oh, it's like strewn everywhere, and you know you can use like a gas scene or something like that. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you do that because they they do regardless of the time jump. We think it's a year. It could be more, it could be less. But regardless of what that jump is, I think they really need to do a better job of showing us just the how tight the grip is of the First Order on the rest of the galaxy. Because right now we've been so zoned in on the Resistance and First Order. Like, there's been not a ton of world building or galaxy building in the sequel trilogy. Yes, I agree big time with that. And that's, that's, that's okay, because I think the we've gotten a, a, a pretty good deep dive on some good characters, but I don't know a lot about the galaxy at large. And I hope episode nine goes a long way in fixing that. Like it, for me, it, it kind of has to, which would make them pull away from these characters. They've worked so hard to build up. So maybe this needs to be a four hour movie. I don't know. Mm. Well, well, on that topic, extra long movies, the rumor going around now for Endgame is that it's bumping up against three hours, so they might stick an intermission in there. Nice. How do you guys feel about that? Intermissions. Old school. Love it. Oh, wow. Love it. I love that. Give everybody an opportunity to give them 10, 15 minutes to get up, stretch their legs, go tinkle. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's great. It's, you you want to get your monies out of it. Like if you're if you're paying twelve fifty to watch a movie that's an hour and twenty two minutes, and you're saying you're paying the same price for a three hour movie, yeah, give me the time to go. You know, it almost feels like a two for one. It does. It's kind of like, but that's old school, man. That's what they used to do. Gone with the Wind and uh, and all these like classic movies uh, back in the day, like uh, old school uh, Hollywood. You know. I like that. I feel like I like I've been to a movie in my life that that had an intermission. I don't know if Titanic had an intermission or maybe one of the Lord of the Rings movies, but I feel like I've been to a movie that broke halfway through. I don't. I don't believe Titanic did. I don't. I don't think so. I know. Uh, well, in my lifetime, this, it's before my uh, The Godfather had an intermission. So it's like. And yeah, it, it can be useful too, right? Like if if you want to shift gears, like you you don't have to like break, take a break in the action, and then say, "All right, we're gonna stop here." Like you could use that as like, it's a cliffhanger. It's 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 a it's a place to to to, to drop in a cliffhanger, and imagine, imagine after Haldo, the Haldo maneuver. Boom! Intermission. Like now you're able to like or or right before it. Mm. or right right before it right when right when DJ outs the resistance and you realize they're all, all about to get shot down. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, like, how, how do I, th- I think it would be cool like that silence, 
the 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 ship goes through you see the light and then bam intermission now now you're able to be like holy crap what did i just see can you believe that this is amazing whatever blah 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 i don't like that hashtag not my green milk i don't know whatever and <laughs> and then you come back in the theater and you sit down and it's like okay so she just allowed the resistance the opportunity to to establish themselves on the base and it actually it works when you watch the movie without the intermission leia standing in front of the big ass door uh you know looking through her cloak type of thing and it it, it seems as if she's been there for a while and she's waiting for the first order to get there so like an intermission would have worked perfectly in that moment uh, and I understand why they don't do it because ADD and uh, people don't like traffic and they, they want to get home. But well, also from a, from a theater standpoint, and I don't know what type of pull movie houses have, but I guess this could come from the studio too, where they say, hey, dude, look, we're, we're, people are going to pay whatever it is, 10 bucks for their, for their movie ticket. And they're going to sit down for three and a half hours with this intermission. If, you know, that over time could have an impact on box office because you can, you can't screen the movie as many times. No, but you can keep it in the theater longer. You could. And yeah, be people, good for the theater. People, people round two would want to look like, Oh, I need some more snacks. No, there's that. There's uh, if, if you're doing that and you need, you're making a three hour movie or a three hour and a half, uh, three and a half hour movie. Maybe people are going to want to see it more than once. Like nobody went to see Hot Tub Time Machine four times because it was an hour and twenty two minutes. <laughs> hey, so I saw it three times. Okay, sure you did. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, and I'm not I'm not crapping on Hot Tub Time Machine, but if you're gonna make an epic movie, okay, fine, you'll you're gonna play it four times instead of five times in a day. Big whoop. Yeah, who I, cares? I, It'll stay in the theaters an extra month or two months, and you'll make you'll make all that money back. Yeah, it's, you're losing one showing, maybe. So well, anyway, unless, like, unless another consideration, and again, I'm just throwing the ideas out there. But how many? Like, if I knew, like for me, it's 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 a thing because I've got little kids and I got to pay attention to this sort of thing. But if I'm going to the movie theater, let's say I'm going for a, a one o'clock show. That's my that's my day. Like I go out, you know, I leave at like twelve thirty to get to the movie theater at one, and I'm not back in that case until dinner time, essentially. Yep. That's it. That's this is your day, and I I I don't that's know why how I many people. Love it. I think <laughs> yeah, it would be cool. But how many people like who's gonna go see episode nine, eight, nine, ten times? Because people do, but would people still do it if they had to sacrifice? an entire afternoon yeah if it's awesome some people would for sure would as many people do it <laughs> how many times Dude, that's why it's taking so minutes? how many times oh i did 21 19. yeah 21 times okay I, I said 19 sorry i shortchanged you two times hey hey f- f- fair enough man it's, hey, it's all hey. the same <laughs> yeah so imagine if this was imagine if it was actually good <clears throat> <laughs> sorry <laughs> It was a very boring summer for me, okay? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, like I don't know. It depends, man. Under th- under three hours, I'm golden. Like I don't need I don't need the an intermission. But three and a half hours and above, I think it'd be handy. I think it'd be nice. But three hours, I mean, suck it up, Buttercup. No, three hours. I think at three hours at the um, hour forty five, almost two hour mark, it's good. You stop it, and then your your final act. Uh, people come in refreshed for that yeah. final act. No, I think it's a smart idea. I think I I think I'd be down for it. it would make if anything it would make it for make for a unique experience. Yes, that, that, we're yes. missing that. We're missing that. Movie, movies is, are not the same anymore. Three hours is not that bad. Like oh, again, three a long, and a half. A, that's a long time, dude. It is, but I don't know. I I'd be okay with it. Three and a half hours, four out, four hours for sure. Give me a, an intermission, but. Yeah, three hours. I, which I'm definitely which one of those uh, uh, Lord of the Flies, uh, Lord of the Rings uh, movies was like three and a half hours? I think it was Return of the King. So it was the last one of the of the uh, of the threesome. The theatrical, yeah, theatrically, I think they all came in around three. Okay, give or take 10, 15 minutes. I don't know if any of them went over three in the theatrical cut, but they all came close to it. And then the extended versions are like four hours a piece. I'd love to know what James thinks about it. Well, I, uh, I, know, about, you ha- about I, I know how you can ask him. <laughs> you just, just fire him a tweet. I'm sure he'll answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, there, there comes a point. Like, I think over two hours and 45, consider it. If it's going to be under 245, let's just plow through. But also, also keep in mind that you're sitting in that chair for 20 minutes before the movie starts. 20 yeah. to 25 minutes with ads, those stupid ads that drive car me. commercials. Oh, God. And, and me sick. Know, trailers. So if it's a three-hour movie, you're in that seat for three and a half. I got to say, though, that what they do do, which is awesome, uh, before the movie starts, is uh, the whole Colonel Colonel thing where there's an emergency in uh, Theater 6. <laughs> and they're sending the popcorn on a one-way mission. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Colonel, Colonel. Yeah. I uh, definitely, that's sarcasm, folks. That's, uh, yeah. What a waste of my time. The whole thing, the whole pre-movie thing is... is Complete waste. It's getting worse <laughs> and worse. Like... <laughs> Whatever. T- Carlos is a Tommy texter. Uh, <laughs> am I? Yeah. No, I don't text. Oh, you know what? When I go in yeah, the afternoon, he texts us the other day, like I'm in the theater right now. <laughs> well, it's, oh, it's fine if Bumblebee. it's before the movie yeah. starts. Yeah. No, actually, it wasn't before the movie started. Uh, I just uh, I I watched the first 15 minutes of Bumblebee, and I'm like, it was already worth it. <laughs> like I had to tell you, <laughs> that's how good it was. I really love that movie, by the way. Which movie? Sorry. Bumblebee. Oh yeah. yeah, I love it, man. Love it. Yeah, freaking awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, so no, I'm I'm down. Uh, if if you give me an intermission for a start, well, don't give me an intermission for a movie that's two hours long. But I mean, if it's if it's an epic movie and, um, you know the the occasion calls for it, don't ask us to power through. Give us the intermission. Give us that old school movie experience that. We haven't had in such a long time. Yeah, I think it's a good way to make it memorable. And I would much rather they do that. Let's say JJ 
going to start cutting together episode nine soon, which he will. If they they go and they, they say, let's say, imagine for a second that Disney and Lucasfilm are still toying with the idea of dragging episode nine out over two films. Just just assume that for one second. Mm-hmm. I would prefer that we just get it done with. Give it, Give me the three and a half hour movie with intermission rather than string me along for another movie. Yeah, but that's assuming that, I mean, if you're talking, let's give it two hours a movie, right? So that's four hours. So now you want that four hours with an intermission? I, I, I don't know if they'd, I don't know if they'd go that route. If they can, if they can give you two, two hour movies, they'd rather do that. Oh, for, for, business wise, for sure. That's, you know, that's yeah. a billion dollars leaving on the table. But uh, when you do, when you, you talk about three hours, it's a different story. Yeah. For sure. But I, three, I, I wouldn't want to say, hey, listen, you think you can whip up, uh, you know, another 20 minutes of movie there and bang, we suddenly, suddenly we have an extra film and we can we can cash into the tune of one or one or two billion bucks. Let's not leave that on the table. Like, I, 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 It's a very cynical thought, but I hope they wouldn't do that. Yeah, I want to see all of it, though, man. I want it to be like zero deleted scenes, man, for this film. Like just it's the last one. If it really is the last one, like give it give it all to us, man. Give me all the crap. Give it all. Yep. yep. Yeah. Everything. No, I, I, no, I want the theatrical theatrical cut to zip along and just get to it. I'm like I, I, I am a fan of like when you release on to, to Blu-ray. I'm a I'm a big fan of director's cuts or extended editions with new canonical added material. That to me is a, it's an extra bonus to the home release. Uh, it's something to look forward to beyond just seeing the movie again. So I'm a fan of that type of uh, insertion of new material. But yeah, I, like you I'm, say, I'm open. You to said it. earlier, man. There's there's so much going on in this film that we don't know yet. Like we we don't know much about the grander universe. We don't know much about the Knights of Ren, which can have a real big part of this film. And if they do, that really does have to be explained. I don't well, know, I just feel like I, there's a lot going on than just either armies versus army well i think i think we have to park that like i think we need to get it out of our heads that we're going to watch this movie and walk away with all the answers all the backstory all like everything answered i don't think we're going to get that this is going to zone in on ray and kylo's story and poe and finn it's it's going to boy sure it's going to zone in on those characters give us resolution to their stories but not necessarily tell us where these people came from or how did what have the Knights of Ren been doing this whole time? I like, they're going to just show up. They're not going to tell us where they were. Like, I don't, at least I don't think. And I, I hope we don't as a fandom start demanding answers saying what, where was that guy all this time? Explain it all in episode nine. It's that we, that, we can that get confirmation that they, we can get confirmation that they were those fallen Jedi that followed Kylo, at least something like that. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, not, nothing that slows down the movie. Like if, right. if they're not explained in the in the least, I'm going to be kind of like, here's the Knights of Ren. They're my boys. It's my posse. So we roll. I'll be like, okay. There's going to be something about them. Well, I don't think we'll get like Kylo saying, let me call my friends who have been out in the great beyond uh, executing my will. <laughs> by doing this, that, and the other. Like, I don't think they're no. going to outline it in its painstaking detail. No, I no. think it might be in the crawl. 
it could be like in a way that he punishes them too when it comes back. Like you failed me. Like blah blah no, blah. I, I see it more in the sense of uh, in the wake of uh, Snoke's death. Uh, blah blah blah. Kylo Ren has dispatched the Knights of Ren to whatever. Blah 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 blah. And then we see them. Bam, introduced. Yeah, the way the way I see them is, and MSW did have some reports on that. So my head has been kind of shifted a bit. But my original vision for Knights of Ren in this movie was that like they're his lieutenants. And he's got like one or two, like almost working in singles or pairs, and they're leading other small battalions to take over this part of the galaxy or that planet. Uh, but I don't know if that's really going to come to fruition. Anyway, we have we we went all over the place, threw in a little extra segment there about intermissions, which which I am open to. All right, time now to say thanks to our powerful friends, our Patreon supporters. Um, if you're listening to this on the main feed, you could have had this podcast a couple days earlier. You could have been like Rick and kicked off your Monday morning commute with us in your ears. And you can get access to that ad-free early release podcast by heading over to patreon.com slash tumbling saber. Uh, and there you can support us and push us towards our goals and uh, get yourself a whole bunch of other podcasts. The Sith Disturbers podcast, which have, have been ridiculous of late. And we've got Worthy of Recognition, and we have so much more kicking around there. Uh, and so check it out. Support us from just two bucks a month and uh, brighten your life. And Corey, also one of our great, powerful friends, uh, Mr. Jeff Keltz, he sent me a message a few moments ago. It says, hey, Kyle, tell Corey the 80s were not a bust and metal up your ass. Ha ha. <laughs> That's addressed to you, Corey. Yeah, it's okay. I kind of agree with him in the metal sense. Like there was a lot of stuff in the in the eighties that was kind of forgettable, but yeah, Unjustice, Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning. Uh, I'm down, man. GNR. Uh, I I grew up on that stuff. Yeah, that was all covered last week in Sith Disturbers, where we had a whole bunch of fun. So again, be like Jeff, be like Rick, be like so many others, and become a powerful friend. Support us, and uh, again. You're, you, you'll become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I, I haven't said that in a long time. Felt good. <laughs> All right, it's time for us to address the Star Wars Knight of the Commonwealth question of the month. Rick was up this month. His question is in. It goes like this. It says, okay, gang, question of the month time. You get to be a bounty hunter or merc if general comics are your thing. And you get handed a can't-miss opportunity. Keeping this as positive as possible, good luck, you get to eliminate, no disintegrations, your least favorite character from the Star Wars saga or comic series should you choose to go that route. Sounds easy enough, but the catch is you need to figure out what your particular skill set is, maybe weapons included, and how that would help with your mission, and you need to speculate on how that character elimination would affect the overall saga story. Off the bat, I'm eliminating Jar Jar from contention because reasons. Dig deep, have fun, fellow fans, and may the force be with you. Rick, you got us again. Another tough question. And this this is our Knight of the Commonwealth question of the month. Another good one. Who wants this one first? Carlos, you want to kick this one off first? Oh, I'll hand off to Corey. Uh, all right. I don't know. Um... That was like passing on the prices right. You always pass the first showcase. 
Para, para, para. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it within 500 here. I don't know the, the first thing you gotta have with with a bounty hunter, or a merc, or whatever style. Style is a, a very big key element to the whole thing. Like, like they're pretty much like the Batman of the galaxy, far, far away. Like, they're toys, and that, that's the whole thing. You got to bring your A game. Like, sorry, Dengar Dan, but uh, you know Dengar, like Diaperhead. There, like you, you got to invest, man. Like, he's got he, he he's got to get off the bottle. Like, I, I I see his nose. Look who's telling people to get off the bottle. Hey, man. I'm not pretending. I'm, hey, I'm, hey, I'm hey not, fair, fair enough. I'm not a bounty hunter. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, like you, the big thing is you got to invest. Like if you're talking like weaponry and whatnot, like you got to have those like those like you, you almost want to borrow a lot from Mandalorians. But if you take like a, a mishmash of everybody, like look at Cad Bane, like he doesn't necessarily have the the jetpacks, but he's got these like rocket boosters on his boots, right? Like you gotta have something like that. Uh the cuffs that Sabine has that has like the rope and like maybe some like sonic blasters or something like that. The van braces? Yeah, exactly. Armor. Armor's a big he- big thing. Possibly like a bulletproof cape and cowl. <laughs> but the most important thing really, I think, for a bounty hunter is, is the helmet. It's like the uh the smartphone of the galaxy far, far away. It tells you like Pretty much everything you need to know in my head canon, like whatever, like you're kind of, like almost interacts with you. Like you have a question, you just need to like think it. It pretty much tells you the answer. So, so my whole thing would be like, yeah, I'd be super like hardcore, like hand to hand. I'd be like, I've mastered Terrace Kazi. Uh, you got to be a marksman. So I don't know. You just got to train super hard. And like, I think my my weapon of choice, I'd kind of be like. I don't know, like the archer of Star Wars, like the Hawkeye, in the sense that you have that that little loophole, like that that quiver of arrows or whatever, that you have something for every occasion, you know, like so many different species, so many different possibilities, you know, but you always have that little trick up your sleeve. I think that would be really sweet. And I think I'd want to assassinate Newt Gunray because the opportunity was too good to pass up. And what I think that due to canon... He's your least favorite character? He's up there. I really don't like him. <laughs> like, when I saw the original... Wait, let me guess. You're going to say when he, you're with your buddy, you were super baked, and then you heard his voice and you were like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was no good. And even just the look of, like, I don't know. He, he wasn't CG. He was like a puppet. But, like, I don't know. He just, like, the facial expressions and stuff just wasn't there. I was like, who is this guy? So I don't know, like, let's get rid of him. And that, that creates kind of like a bit of a power vacuum in the, the banking clan or whatever it is. And let's say Crimson Dawn steps in. And so by the time Revenge of the Sith rolls around, Darth Maul's in play. So it's like a three-way power play for the galaxy. Very interesting. So how, how did you take out Newt Gunray? Uh, yeah, it was really, really, really easy. <laughs> It's like pretty much the easiest money I ever made. Just uh, whatever. Okay. The one ex- ex- explosive arrow. That's it, man. That's all it took. Uh, Carlos, who did you take out? 
Who did an IT crowd? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, low hanging fruit was three uh, PO. I actually uh, I answered that uh, this week on uh, on uh, Talk Star Wars. So if you haven't listened to Talk Star Wars yet, go over to Talk Star Wars and uh, listen to uh, me, Rob Wade, and uh, Andy Smith from Retro Inc. Uh, for uh, for a great episode, if I do say so myself. And uh, so I was like Bane. I-, I figured I'd be like if my bounty hunter was Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. And my uh, my special uh, skills would be uh, brute strength, like Bane. <laughs> and I would just those crush. personal skills. Yeah, and uh, so I would crush three PO's head, like Bane crushes uh, Ben Mendelsohn's head in uh, in the Dark Knight Rises. I forgot about that. Yeah, you don't see it; you just hear him screaming, and. Um, yeah, because at one point Ben Mendelsohn tells uh, the other the other character to uh, not to leave the room, and he and he says I'm in control, and then Bane kind of just puts his hand on his shoulder and goes, "Do you feel in control now?" <laughs> or whatever he does, and uh, and then uh, yeah, he uh, swiftly uh, crushes his uh, his skull like a grape. So I do that to three PO, and uh, yeah, right. That's not what you do. I read the book. Well, I heard the audio version there, but. He <laughs> definitely bent, bent his face to. I bent from the inside. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> there did be some damage, but out of love. Brute strength would be involved. <laughs> Head denting would be involved. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. Can we not? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, no. So that's uh, that's what I answered on Talk Star Wars. But this is what I'm gonna do. And they, they didn't call you out on that. I'm gonna have to have a chat with out? Rob. Why would he not call me out? Why would he call me out on that? Well, I mean, that there's, for very... your apparent love of three PO <laughs> and the relationship you share with him, you're so torn. <laughs> this yeah, hurts me fun. more than it hurts you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, my uh, my real lover in that whole story is you, Corey. So let's not uh, let's not keep referring oh to boy, it. Oh boy, let's. <laughs> well, the double the double, you know, it's like the deeper we stumbled into your conscience <laughs> was three PO. It was like Inception. There was like layers there. You know what I mean? Like, so oh boy, layers. Yes. Okay. Uh, so this is what's gonna happen right now for the folks of, uh, listening to Tumbling Saber right now. <laughs> Kyle's going to answer, and then I'm going to come up with another answer. <laughs> Just to give a different flavor. Well, the hardest part was figuring out my least favorite character. I've never really devoted a ton of thought to it, like, at all. And with Jar Jar being ruled out, not that Jar Jar is even close to my least favorite, but I didn't have to stray very far. My target would be Boss Nass. Oh my god. I can't. <laughs> I can't stand him. You sir not a thinking you sir better than the Gungans? Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I hate him too, but it's I kind of have that that impression down. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's making me angry. <laughs> yes. But you know, I I and then I thought what would, what would I love to do to this guy? And you know, the thought of just like just just pounding him to a pulp came into into my mind. Yeah, right, you'd eat him, Kyle. 
I might. It also entered my mind, like, what would this guy taste like? <laughs> what does Gungan taste like? But he's he's Rugs. old. He's he's old Gungan, so he, he's probably, probably very gristly and not very not oh, very. Fl- nah, no way. He's all marbled. No, uh, definitely not tender. Ah, uh, yeah, he's just nah. Either too much fat in the meat, or the meat is just too sinewy at this point. He's too he's too old. Like Anakin, he's he's too old. Uh, what I would love to do, and I, this it would be just so fun. I don't need any gear. I just need a, a straw and a Camino saber dart. Just <laughs> right in that fat neck, right the right there, Fred. <laughs> right there, Fred. <laughs> oh, Flintstones classic. You know, just take a, a nice big fat straw and <laughs> right in the, Oh, it would be it would be so satisfying, because he he's a, he's an easy target. He's not going to move, and just hit that big bulbous sack right under his neck, <sniffs> and just watch him foam at the mouth. And oh, god, that would be great. Uh so how would that affect the saga? And uh, I don't know enough about Gungan politics to say who succeeds him and how it plays out. But Nas makes me so angry. So. Him being out of the film, I, I'll do this. I don't know. Maybe I take him out after he gives Qui Gon the bongo, Ship. so yeah. they can go off to Naboo. So that that chain of events happens, but it ends there for <laughs> for, for Boss Nass. That's where it's. That's it. He's done. See, uh, I see it at the end of the Phantom Menace where he lifts the orb. He's assassinated. <laughs> it's chaos and the orb shatters all over his face <laughs> peace peace and then uh-oh, uh oh war uh, so much for many, peace. a lot of bystanders even like the clock towers in, of Naboo are, are filled with people throwing little flowers and streamers too hard to get away uh yeah no like I would just do whatever I could to prevent Jar Jar from being named general bombad general that's like just so stupid. Why did Boss Nass do that? And if, if Jar Jar doesn't get made general, I think you can make the case that he doesn't become a, a representative in the Senate for the Gungan people, mm-hmm. or as you know, a representative of Naboo, and he doesn't get to be the guy to be bamboozled. To the powers. Yes, yeah. I'm sure Palpatine would find another sucker, but. He Jar has to Jar's work the hard. Sucker. Yeah. Jar Jar was the sucker. And if I take out Boss Nass, Jar Jar doesn't get there. Because it was just so dumb that he made him a general in the first place. No reason for it. It's it's. I think it's just a shade dumber than Han Solo getting thought out from Carbonite and upgrading to general. I don't know how, hmm. you, I don't know how you get that promotion. Well, for what he did for Leia, his heroics on uh, Cloud City. What he did, like he, he left the rebellion. Ex- he wasn't even part of the rebellion at that point, dude. He was still. He, he was still a ca- bah. general. I gotta leave. I can't stay anymore. The minute he left, he was he was out of the rebellion, and so he shows up. Oh, now you're- obviously he wasn't. He took care of the princess. Like that's like worth everything to them. He t- took care of Leia. That's their hope. Brought Leia back to them safely. Here's what Han did. Here's what Han is. So this is. Uh, you guys might want to mark this on your calendar, but I agree with Corey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he said he says i gotta leave 
I got to pay off uh, Jabba the Hutt or I'm a dead man. But he's not saying that. Uh, a dead mark's a hard thing to live with solo. F you guys, I'm going home. Like he's not telling them that. He's telling them, listen, I got to take care of this thing, but I'll be back type of thing. He doesn't say I'll be back, but it's kind of like insinuated. I hope they address that in the comics. We're getting close to Empire. I wonder, I, I'd like to see if Han starts talking to Chewie about, dude, like we got to, we're going to either, either we're going to commit to this rebellion or we're, we got to break away. Have they done to the whole uh, Ord Mandel thing? I was just going to ask. Yeah. Uh, I'm an issue behind and they have not. So I, I assume that has not happened in issue 61, I think is that. Maybe that's all stuff to look forward to. Or maybe they don't do it. Maybe they just leave that one aside. But anyway, yeah. Glorious, glorious takedown of, of Boss Nass. Do you think one saber dart does it? Or do you, do you think Oof, I get to I hit him with two. a couple other? Yeah, you gotta do two, eh? Yeah, for sure. He's just gonna be in party mode after. He's like... Mm. Yeah, it's, it's like uh, Alan mode? in The Hangover. You know, when he, uh, <laughs> when he gets the first tease and it's not enough? <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know what my what my my runner up was, and I hate doing it because it, it comes at a Phantom Menace again. Please don't. Okay, Phantom Menace. Okay, go. It, it's Foden Bead. Hmm. You know, and I, for that, I'll, I'll do it with my, with my bare hands. Like I, I'll 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 tie their necks together. I'll, I'll shove Fode down Bead's throat. <laughs> you know, it, it would be grisly. Um, and but it doesn't change the saga, so it's a less it's a less potent question. Or answer, I should say. Was that too much? Was that was that too grisly? Awesome. It was great. <laughs> Why? Why, Kyle? Well, what if what if you just What if the bounty is only for one of them? Well, they're, they're a match. Yeah, they're a pair. Two they're two distinct personalities though. Two identities there. What if what if the, the hit is out on bead? <laughs> you take him. Collateral out. damage. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Then I mean, Fode, uh, Fode dies the slow death no matter what. <laughs> I think the only way to do it is just right off. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta take Bead's head right off. No, he'll just suffer. Be like, I can't live without Bead. Well, no, that now maybe he's had. Well, I'm sure he'd miss him at first. But no, then, like, like from a from a physical anatomy standpoint, like they need each other. You think he dies of a broken heart? No, well, I, I think like he's. I, I think eventually he's grateful because at night, all the pillow space is his now. <laughs> or maybe because of the extra blood flow, he has like rock hard boners. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a. F- I should have filtered that one. Well, all, at least at least all the, the all the dis- <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moving that along, uh, Carlos, did you? Did you? Uh... I do, I do. Yeah, all right. I set, I set you up. I had one already. I had one planned from uh, before we started recording. I don't so believe you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, whatever. Uh, for me, it's Django. Whoa, taking out Django Fett. Yeah, take, I take out Django Fett. That's but... a tough takedown. Okay, so let me ask you this. Would you take him out or would you replace him with, like, someone different and just not have him be Boba's dad? No, I would take him out before the clone program. So there is no Boba. 
Wow. That's what I would. That's what I would go way back and take them out. And then the Caminoans are going to have to find somebody else to clone. Foden bead. Oh, boy. <laughs> Imagine the clones. Ah. <laughs> Clone, uh, what's, what's Palpatine's problem? He, uh, he plans this whole thing. Why didn't he just wait to clone Anakin? Maybe he did. Bum, bum, bum. Ray. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's what well, I would do. That, I, I, that turns I would into a mess him. because then you have how many Anakins all in love with the same girl? Ooh. No, so, but I think that's more nature versus nurture. If they never met her, then how would they be in love with her? Well, they'd, they'd probably meet her somehow. The will of the force, man. Yeah, man. Force goes jamboree, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's it. Django's gone. That means no Boba. That means uh, nobody's smart enough to uh, put Han Solo in Carbonite. And then we don't have to go back to Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi. You see how everything's getting better? Oh, jeez. That means oh, no Reese. Uh, good. Oh, ow. good. No Reese. You lost me. That means that uh, we don't get to see Salacious Crumb. That I'm, means uh, <laughs> you're you're disappearing from the picture there, Corey. <laughs> uh, what else do we not get? Um, we don't uh, the Wanawanga. Well, if if you take out that, that alters the whole Battle of Geonosis timeline too. Yep. Well, it doesn't really alter it. We we're still getting clones there. They're just not cloning Django Fett. Django is the stupidest name <laughs> in, 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 in the valley of stupid names. Django Fett is right at the bottom. <laughs> it's like the worst name in the history of Star Wars. Even David Letterman used to make fun of it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. David Letterman Abs- pokes fun at Django Fett? Yes, Django Fett. He used to make fun of Django Fett. It was hilarious. Damn. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's it. So uh, somebody else is is the uh, the 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 clone thing, and that person uh, doesn't uh, need an unaltered clone uh, to raise as his own. So there's no Boba Fett, which means a ton of good things. Ton of good things happen, but then we, we wouldn't get the Mandalorian TV show because Boba Fett would never would have been so popular. Well, they would have done something else. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I give John Favreau credit uh, to have a imagination to, to to fix something up. Maybe the Mandalorian is based on Sabine Wren. But without Boba Fett, would we have ever explored the Mandalorians at all? Period. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. So they, hey, you they know what? Show, they don't show up in Rebels either. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> but I still wouldn't. I'd still like to see what uh, what the universe would look like with uh, in, in that. Uh, and then look, and let's be honest. We don't get Jedi rocks. And we don't get that. Uh, uh, what's the, that? Uh, I keep forgetting the name of that stupid alien with the lipstick. Slice noodles. Slice. Yes. And we don't get that. And that makes everything worth it. Lies. Yeah, I, I, don't mind, I don't mind the original version. I, it's the special edition version. Oh, no. Just like, yeah, yeah. Sure. 
yeah, no, the special it's 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 cringeworthy, brutal, like terrible. Yeah, it's it, that's that's a tough one to, to take at this point. Uh, is that it? Do we have anything else? I th- I threw mine out there. You, I think we all threw ours ours out there. Yeah, I think mine was the best. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> all right, we got uh, Rick. Great question, man. Did we butcher that enough for you? Did it go into weird places with uh, extra blood flow for Carlos? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And finally, we got the Metal Mando making a second appearance tonight after telling Corey to uh, get Sit bent. Ba- basically, <laughs> told Corey to get bent. Dude, I'm a product of the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so the decade that you're from, you called a bust. It's all coming together. It's just Austin Powers, man. <laughs> it was a flock of seagulls. That was it. All right. Jeff says, hey, Tumbling Saber crew, if you could take one background or secondary character in any of the 10 Star Wars films and have that character expanded upon within a novel slash audiobook or comic series, who would that be? I'm talking about a full-blown three book series or 25 to 30 issue comic run. Oddly, the first character to pop into my mind was Admiral Holdo. Seems as if that would be a fascinating backstory with the events taking place around her in that era. Anyway, guys and gal, let me know which character you think deserves this treatment and why. Jeff Keltz, the Metal Mando from sunny Fort Myers, Florida. And after the tap dance we've done on Mandalorians tonight, I don't know if we're going to hear from Jeff again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we will. I like Mandalorians. Jeff's a, Jeff's a good. Jeff's a good. Uh, he's a good sport. He knows I'm just uh, poking. Hey, hey, hey! Fair enough, man. You, your feelings on the Mandos are yours. It's fair enough. All right, uh, Carlos, you're gonna kick this one off because you you passed the baton. Uh, who are you? Who's who are you giving a backstory to? Secondary character. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a moment? Yes. Because oh. okay. <laughs> I have three answers. My first one was Salacious Crumb. <laughs> the whole background of the story of why he didn't bite Jabba's tail. Sitting on his lap and not biting him. Oh, sorry. That's, that was for Rob Wade. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. This is not even fair. Okay. Uh, I'm back. You sure? (laughs) 20 minutes past the hour. Uh, (laughs) All right. So, my uh, background character, secondary character that needs to be expanded upon is uh, Paige. Oh, Nelly. That's a good one. Yeah, so I want to. I want to see. Um, obviously, she's she's in the resistance, and uh, she's. Uh, I mean, if if the, her parents had a favorite, Paige was the favorite. Uh, <laughs> so she she's she's at the forefront, where Rose is like, she's she's pretty much she's the fin of the resistance, where she's mopping up, <laughs> and uh, so. 
I want to I want to know what what pushes her besides obviously you know uh, being enslaved on their planet. Um, I, I want to know what what forces her to to do what she does, and I, I feel that she's force sensitive. Like for me, uh, I feel like um, that that whole reaching over to grab the button that's falling. Like it's symbolism for uh, for using the force, and I want to I want to know more about that because we we know that Poe comes from a family, and Poe already has his own comic run, so uh, that that would have been my uh, that would have been my answer if it didn't already exist. But uh, we know that he comes from like a family that's kind of like around the force, around the church of the force, and that force tree and whatever. Yeah, the force tree, baby. And so, so we know that the force is more prevalent than what we're actually seeing in the movies. And uh, I feel that the pilots, a lot of the pilots who are uh, exceptional kind of are tapping into the force without maybe them realizing it. And so I feel like Paige being in the position that she's in maybe has a little of that a, a little of that going on i feel like there's like a the last jedi kind of alludes to leia kind of using the force or 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 feeling page in that situation and that that button's not moving until you see leia and then it's not like she kicks the stairs any harder for that thing to come off it kind of feels like it was flipped by an imaginary hand or an invisible hand it was a hell of a catch <laughs> Definitely was I. Yeah, we kind of made fun of that a little bit, like that whole "Oh no, it's gone." Oh, look at that! I got it. Like it would have been cooler if, as the button's falling, it just stops midair. You know, like just to have that kind of that allusion to the force thing. That would have been a shocker right off the bat, though. Yeah, it would have been awesome, man. It would have been better than than. Oh no! Oh, look at that! Well, then we'd be talking about is Rose a Jedi in waiting right now? Yeah. That's yeah. heavy, man. That's okay, though. Yeah. That's that's fine. I don't know. I, I just I, I would like I would like to have a little bit of a backstory on on uh, on I, the. I guess you could always buy Cobalt Squadron. Rage and uh, Rage and Pose. <laughs> yeah, there, there, you can get more of Rose and Page in that Cobalt Squadron book, which came out right before the Last Jedi. But yeah, there's not much else on page beyond that. That's a good pick, though. I like that. I like that poll. I would, I would certainly be interested in checking that out. Uh, Corey, who do you got? I do my homework. Oh, I got, I got a whole bunch, man. A whole bunch. I don't know. I, I'd be interested in any of the remaining Ghost Crew. Like Ezra was a main character, so we can't really say him. But Rex, Sabine, even Ahsoka. I think. Ahsoka, we got to eliminate the character the board. is specifically asking about people in the 10 Star Wars films. So, uh, unless you're talking about Hera, uh, who's Hera, actually Hera mentioned, too. and I don't think Chopper, she's, I, I wouldn't Chopper. give any of those. I don't think those are secondary characters by any stretch. Yeah, well, they're not main, the mains, but they're, they're like the second, they're leads. So, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. They're, they're, they're not back. She's a background character in Rogue One. Yes. Yeah, Hera. Hera's the only one that is applicable. Yeah, Hera's the only one applicable. And Chopper. Chopper's sure. a background character. He actually has screen time. Sure, okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Fair enough. What about Rex? Uh, 
Is he, I don't think he's technically in any any of the films. You're 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 alluded to that now, especially with his armor, his last incarnation there. Like you're meant to believe that it's that guy from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and you know, know he was he was there. It's been confirmed that he was on the participated in, in the Battle of Endor. But uh okay. Let's say uh I got a few from the the ten films. Beckett, the one shot comic was absolutely like really cool. I'm big on the whole like Firefly solo, like you know, the Western vibe. And the one shot again was just it was a fun comic, really good read. Like it was fast paced and just uh you know, like cowboyish, like that that thieved them. Uh who else? I got Nian Num. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one, man. Like that that guy's been through he's risen through the ranks. He's a hero. Sorry. <laughs> and you can get him from before Jedi, how he he joins, like I don't know. I, I just love it, man. He, he he's still kicking, so that's a big one. Then uh Emphy's Nest. I think that would be really interesting as well. You know, what did she do with that coaxium? How did she help build that foundation of the rebellion? Who did she get in touch with? Was it Bale, Mon Mothma, Saw? Like, let's let's get a bit of background there, possibly. And uh, last but not least, Lord Santeca. I think the, uh, you know, how he gets the map, his role, what he actually really does in regards to the forest, how he knows Kylo, Luke, and Leia. I think that uh, those can be really all interesting stories. Yeah, Lord Santeca is, is an amazing pull. He's on my list. Yeah. And like I said, like, I, I want I, I want to see like Luke, Laura Santeca, young Ben Solo adventures. I want to see those three together traveling the galaxy, doing something together. That, that is a, that's a that's a great pull. Um, I wanted to go with Jeff's suggestion. Like, I really would like to know more about Holdo and just the people that surround her in that era. Um, Yeah, I, I, w- I would read a 25 to 30. 30 issue run on that. Uh, Enfys Nest, Corey, you, you threw her out there. Very obvious reasons for why for that. Um, but I would love to see a Bail Organa series. Yeah. How he's, yeah, it's nice. Like those years where he was kind of like really keeping everything. Cause like right off the, after Revenge of the Sith, man, like he's all up in that stuff. Like we got to form this rebellion. So there's that whole time frame there of him trying to establish things, you know? Yeah. Like he's, he's a, he's a, Appointment for like the fulcrum program, all that underground stuff that they're doing to set up the rebellion. He's right there. So I'd love, I would read that in novel form for sure. And, and that sounds course, fun. Like the, the B plot for that would be watching Leia grow up. It would be super, super cool. And how he keeps all that stuff secret from her. I would love to see Bail Organa. And then, and then otherwise I'd, I'd love to see Wedge Antilles. But mm, that was my third. Yeah, the the twist though, I, I wouldn't see it in a book or comic. Uh, I would want to see. I I would want to fulfill my my dream of having like that dogfight video game type thing, but have have our character be Wedge Antilles and follow cool. him off. Because I feel like having. I read Michael uh, Stackpole's Rogue, uh, Rogue Squadron. That had a lot to do with him, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I. We picked up with with Wedge in the aftermath books, and that's it. Like we trail off after that with Wedge, and we've not explored him at all. 
that I know of. So I'd, I'd love for a video game to pick him up. Maybe it's, it could be really cool and, and partially self-contained where it could be like, you know, he, he's running a few more missions for the New Republic. And then he's like, somehow you build in like a change of heart for him. Or he's like, I'm, I know, I'm, I want out. And so it's, it's a, it's a, his trek to freedom. And that's, and that's where you can put Wedge. You end the game. It's Wedge who settles like Thanos style on this planet and just says, this is where I'm going to kick back and retire. I'd be down with that. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. That's what I've got. I definitely want to see that. I, the Bale Antilles is, is the biggest one for me though. I like that. I'd love to see that. And also the Lore Santeca for sure. And, and Holdo. I'd love to see that play out. What about Cassian Andor? I think that would make an amazing television series. Uh, That's a really good pull, man. I'm really, really, yeah, I think uh, they should do that. that. Yeah, They should look into that. On Disney edition? Edition. (laughs) All right, Jeff, Mr. Metal Mando, thank you very much, sir. Uh, Yeah, hope hope you're enjoying things in sunny Florida. And that's going to do it for this week, guys. Thank you, thank you once again to Rick and Jeff for the great questions. And for everybody else, if you want to be a part of the podcast, just send in your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com and we, we will answer them in due course. And I want to say thank you to Rob Wade from emotionally14.com and, of course, from Talk Star Wars for endorsing this episode of the podcast as part of the vaunted and prestigious E14 endorsed program. Check it out at emotionally14.com and uh, be sure to check out Rob's book, Assorted Thoughts about podcasting on Amazon. And otherwise, uh, we will just prompt you to check out StarWarsCommonwealth.com for some of the best Star Wars podcasts out there. We're, we're really proud of this network we've put together. There's something for everybody there. And uh, hopefully you'll you'll find something there that, that uh, tickles your audio bone at StarWarsCommonwealth.com or look it up on iTunes. We're there as a podcast provider. All right, guys, with all that out of the way, Carlos, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? You can find me at C Candido Music on Twitter and Instagram. You could search for Carlos Candido on Facebook and give my Facebook page a like. Or you can go to patreon.com slash carloscreates. And for as little as $3 a month, you could join our community where I release new music every month. And uh, we'll uh, be releasing some uh, stickers and new T-shirts coming soon to TeePublic. So you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash Carlos Creates. Boom. And Corey, where can people find you? (laughs) Well. Well, let me tell you, Kyle. You can find me at Chop Rules with the Z on Twitter. Awesome, Corey. Great job. Great job tonight, sir. And you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Instagram, on Twitter, and our closed Facebook group. Come check that out. We are having a ton of fun in there all the time. It is a blast. It was really active last week. I assume it's going to be a very active place again this week. Who knows? Maybe this is the week where we get that episode 9 title. And the group will be buzzing for sure uh, when that happens. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode 162. Have yourselves a great week, and we'll talk to you all later. Struggle for the answers, questions frighten me. Circles getting wider, it's harder just to see.
Running for 